feel like I'm enjoying the game as much as I ever have. Uh, I absolutely love the game of golf, and I think that you know, when I go out there and I play with that joy, you know, it's definitely showed over over these last 12 months. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Bunker Podcast in association with Callaway. New Prime Minister in place. How many is that we're on now, Bryce? Three Prime Ministers in seven weeks. It's almost like the Ryder Cup captaincy at this rate, isn't it? Is that three and seven weeks? Is that three and right? seven weeks. Boris, Jeez. Liz and now Rishi. But some things don't change and that is us. We are here for another hour or so of golf chat. We'll be going through all the latest goings on in the game. And a little bit later on, we'll have a very special guest joining us in the studio. No less COVID be damned. Anyway, Michael McEwen here. Thank you for tuning in wherever in the world you might be. Hello, Ghana. Always a pleasure. Bryce Ritchie sitting opposite, giggling away because big in Ghana. Well, it's a to thing. be fair, I haven't checked our numbers in Ghana lately, but I would assume that we're still number one. And you'd be right. Really? So you do mm-hmm. check? I do check, yeah. That's, well, that's why you're here, isn't it? And South Africa and Finland and Australia and New Zealand. You name it, people listen. Quite right. So they've got good taste. Hello, Finland. <laughs> I could. I don't think I could point to Finland in a map. Do you That's know what the capital terrible. of Finland is? Is it Helsinki? Nailed it. Thank you. Nailed it. Thank you. Well done. Excellent. How are you doing? You well? I'm good. I had a great sporting weekend, Michael. Don't want to talk about it. No problem. That's not true, well, that's, that's why we're here. <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders won. Blackburn Rovers won. Happy with Las that. Las Vegas Raiders. Who were they playing? Houston Texans. Where are they from? Take a guess. <laughs> Pumped them as well. Really? Yeah. So the season that started dreadfully, 0-3, I think we're now 2-4. and 0-3 and 2-4. and 4. Complete nonsense. But you think you know what that means. No, and we don't need to. But you enjoyed your sporting weekend. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. Particularly Saturday afternoon, lunchtime, and Sunday night. Sunday night? The golf! You know. Oh, yes. Yes, yes you know. the golf. So well, let's go straight there then. Rory McIlroy winning the CJ Cup. We're going to get to why that is so significant, why you're so chirpy about it in a little while. Actually, no, sorry. Rory was your pick for the Podder of Merit. That's correct. Yes. And he won you two points and fine. Well, no, we'll come to that later, yes. but that's it's, uh, it's enjoyable. But probably a bigger deal for Rory, I think, than for you. A successful title defence. <laughs> PGA Tour win number 23. And he is back to the top of the world golf rankings. The ninth time that Rory has been world number one. He's starting his 107th week at the top of the standings. Who are the three who have been there more than him? Woods. Norman. Two from three. Oh, come on. Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson, yeah, well done. Three out of three. Excellent. VJ. <laughs> God. Yeah, so Rory, number one again, first time in over two years. If you remember, it was as we went into COVID, he was there, he was number one. He and was he was flying. number one by some way. He was flying. He's, he's, he actually he wasn't picking up a lot of wins, but his results were phenomenal. Yeah. He was easily the best player in the world. And would you long, say long he is now, now that he's back there? Oh, absolutely. The thing is about the world number one is like how much how much influence do you put on being world number one these days? And it's it seems that we only take it that seriously when it's when it's Rory. Because I think he's got that star power. And I think when he becomes world number one, he's fully deserving to be world number one. I think there's maybe been time where they've chopped and changed world number one status. You know, Scheffler, Scheffler became world number one, but 
actually wasn't long before that they hadn't won an event. True. So that's where we were quite impressed that he managed to keep it going. Remember when he was on his run, he just kept winning and his finishes were superb. World number one, everyone thought, this guy is unstoppable. And remember, we kept on saying, who's going to stop him? When's the bubble going to burst? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. Golf is such a strange sport at times. And I don't think anyone three, four months before Scotty got that first win would have said he'd, he he would go on and do what he did. So I think Rory is fully deserving as world number one. I don't think there's anyone playing the golf that he's playing right now. He's in full flow. And it's almost typical that <laughs> Santa is coming. <laughs> we're going to have a break. And then he's going to get his sort of early season, January, February, PGA Tour events and whatever the hell they go in that time. And then we're obsessed with you know what, flowers and lanes and green jackets and green so jackets on. and pimento so on. cheese sandwiches and the pressure and the grand yeah. slams and all that stuff. It's like a familiar story. How many times do we say this? So the the big question is, does he look different? And this is the thing: is Rory a better player now than he was when he was in his pomp in two thousand and twenty? Absolutely, he is a far better golfer. He's hitting it further. He's hitting it straighter. He's better from 150, 170 yards in. Bingo. He's a much more dangerous player from the middle of the fairway. Is he a better putter? Oh, yes. Night and day. 100%. He spoke about that as well after the win at the weekend, saying about the difference that not only Brad Faxon's made from a technical point of view, but Bob Rattel has made from a mental point of view. Yeah. You've said this a million times. You think putting's mainly a, a mental thing. Yeah. We're going to be speaking to someone a little bit later on who may or may not have something to say about that. But yeah. I mean, Brody's obviously identified there's two weaknesses in his putting. One's technical, one's mental. They're both fixed, and look at him now. Uh, confidence is shining through him. It's just a pity that he's going to have this gap coming up. But the big thing for me is that Rory's prepared to identify his mistakes. He's prepared to admit his mistakes. He'd admitted his mistakes with Bryson and the whole bulking up scheme, <laughs> and he knew that was all wrong. But I think at the Masters, he knew that from... Certain points in the fairway from numbers, he just wasn't as confident. And the, mm-hmm. you could see in these swings, you know, you saw it in the Saturday afternoon at the Masters, some of the th- mistakes he was making. And then his finish was just spectacular. Mm-hmm. Confidence but, is so massive as well. And I think Rory's absolutely. always been like that. He's that, that type of player, yeah. You talk about the break being a, a bad thing for him, potentially. You look at a year ago, I just only remembered this, but the DP Tour Championship remember the whole shirt ripping and he basically imploded down the stretch there, handed it to, to Colin Morikawa, we're going, Rory, what's going that on one, That was hard, it was a hard and watch. And the thing is, he was starting to build a little bit of momentum, even though he was throwing the tournament away, it was yeah. still better than it had been six months before yeah, that. he was putting himself into positions. And he's carried on that this year, mm-hmm. he's, he's got better and better, so for Rory fans out there, such as myself... I can only look 12 months in the rearview mirror and say, actually, I'm excited about next year yeah. because he's shown he can take an end-of-season bit of form and turn it he's into shown, something bigger. I think on at the weekend, he showed a bit of everything. Rory's a good front-runner. When he gets his nose in front, he's really pretty good. We know, you know this more than most, Michael, he's good from the back. He loves a charge. He likes all that. But on Sunday, he was in the mix, down the stretch on the back nine. Yep. And he turned up and he, he put off a run of birdies, which was impressive. So he's done everything that everyone says that you should do to win titles and be world number one. There isn't really anything at the moment I can pick as a negative with Rory. Not only that, but I know we're going to talk about Liv. But he's been the poster boy for the PGA Tour. 
do not underestimate the pressure that puts him under. He's in the limelight See, more than most. Again, it's not that long ago that we would have said Rory doesn't need more pressure. If there's one thing he doesn't need yeah. is extra baggage. Why is, why is he doing this? But he's thrived on it. Yeah, so yeah. In, in a weird way, I'm sure he wouldn't admit this himself, but has Liv been good for Rory? He's almost rediscovered a spark, hasn't he, that has given him a bit of a a reason to have to play better, to prove a point. Rory has said in the past that he likes being in the spotlight. He's that type of player. He thrives off it. So if people are watching him, talking about him, and he's in the mix and he's been interviewed and he's on the TV and he's in the papers and online, he thrives off that. He's spoken about that before. So it's maybe a thing where he says, well, I'm actually going to be front and centre about this because I know this will be good for me. Now, that could be dribble. We don't know that. It can also backfire massively. But it could also backfire massively. But he's not popular with the live bots. You know, you go on some of the live Facebook pages and they hate Rory. They're superimposing his face onto snakes. Really? Now, as someone who's terrified of snakes but loves Rory, I'm really conflicted when I look at that. A serpentine McElroy is not... It's not my cup of tea, to be honest. But yeah. it shows... You're not, shows a snake, you're not a big snake guy, are you? Terrified. But enough of that. Okay. Don't even like talking about it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. I know. But yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Liv has been quite good for Rory. Listen, there's we've seen it on our Facebook page in the last twenty four hours. There's a a lot of people suggesting that there's an asterisk against his return to the world number one position because Cam Smith's not earning points, Dustin Johnson's not earning points, Brooks Kepka, Bryson, all these guys that have gone aren't earning world ranking points, so is he the world number one or is he the PGA Tour and DP World Tour number one? There's nothing you can do about that. I'm, were we worried about Bryson DeChambeau being world number one? I'm not sure. Kepka has had no form all year. I'm not worried about that. Dustin, maybe. He's been playing well. He's been winning. Yeah. Albeit well. against 47 other guys, but a win's a win. Cam Smith, yeah. Still a lot of for Cam Smith to do to be world number one. But, you know, it might happen. But does Rory care? No. Rory is world number one. It's these guys' fault if they've chosen to go off and play what appears to be exhibition golf and knock back the, the juice of competitive golf. The, Rory's got to go out and whatever he's got to do, he's got to go and earn it. Mm -hmm. They've been paid before they play. So, Allegedly, according to court documents. According to, <laughs> allegedly, according to court yes, documents. Yes. It's not really allegedly. Good point. <laughs> let the lawyers split those hairs. Listen, you talk about Liv. It's the team championship this week. Go Majestics. <laughs> well, appreciate your support, Bryce. That's nice. Uh, look, objectively, let's be as objective as possible. It's a new event, okay? So this isn't your 48-man individual competition. This is the team decider. $50 million on the line. $50 million? Yeah. yeah. So, let's just cut to the chase. What are you expecting? No idea. I'll be interested in crowds. Yeah. That's what I'll be interested in, because we're now all fighting over YouTube numbers and crowds. And and to be honest, the crowds at that event in it was South Carolina at the weekend, wasn't it? CJ Cup, yeah. Weren't great. I know Lawrence Donegan, formerly of The Guardian, was... Mentioning that uh, the numbers tuning into his live press conference weren't great. I think there was 500 people at one point. There's a difference between a press conference and live golf, isn't there? So yeah. It's not apples and apples. And you got to remember, live golf's getting off to a, a start. This will be the first time they've done this. But 
I'm I'm just intrigued to see how the uh, team concept goes down. And I'll once again go Majestics. I don't even know who's in the Majestics team. Do you want to know? Yeah. Poulter? That's the English team, isn't it? Westwood. Effectively, yeah. Now, that's interesting you've said that, though. Why? Because you've got the English team, you've got a team of South Africans with Grace, Schwarzel, Ustazen and Henny Duplessis. Then you've got, let me see, oh, I have to watch what I say, but you've got the Latin team with <laughs> Chikara and Sergio Fireballs, which, <laughs> frankly, I can't believe we're having a serious discussion on air about hey, a golf hey. team called the Fireballs. Hey, who said it was featuring- serious? <laughs> oh, my word. Punch. Punch. Oh, hang on. Who's in Punch? E- is that Kepka's team? That's Australian. Smith, Leash, Hornsby and Jones. And then you've got the sort of Ryder Cup veterans team with McDowell and Keimer. You can kind of see what they're Keimer trying to do. can you call a veteran? I can see what they're trying to do. It's like an F1 American style. And I've said this before, when it comes up on the TV and it's got the live golf thing on the side, I think it looks quite cool. But it doesn't look as good as a Masters leaderboard. When that come, live golf comes up, it, to me it's just not golf. It's a weird form of golf. And this week will showcase that. So that's why I'm going to tune in just to see what it's like. That's exactly right. And I think we've got, and to, why give not? It, we've got to give it a fair crack because it is different. It's not been seen before. There is what Rory would call propaganda. And when you see videos of like McDowell and Keimer and the rest of their, did you see that sitting around for dinner and McDowell's saying, you know, brilliant, really excited about this and go team Niblix and all that sort of I think genuinely... He's gone full Kanye West. <laughs> he has lost the plot. G- Graham McDowell has lost the plot. Have, have you seen Kanye though? I mean, I know Kanye's gone a different lost the plot. He's aye. quite. He's. Uh, but the thing is, I was saying this to my wife last night. It's like people are getting so mad about Kanye, and I get it. Some of the stuff he said, you're like crazy. But to put it mildly, he he is a crazy person. You cannot take what he's saying seriously. He's a crazy person. It's like taking a guy. Off the street, who's gone insane after years and years of drug abuse and given him a platform with millions on Twitter and said, right, on you go. Let's see if you offend anyone. Of course he will. For the avoidance of doubt, we are not suggesting that Kanye West is a drug addict. Draw your own conclusions. No, Bryce no. is merely just posting an idea. But he, he is, I'm posting an idea, but he is a crazy person. He's off his head. And I genuinely think some of the stuff that Graham McDowell has done in the last six months, I am scratching my head. I was like, what are you doing? Some of the videos they're posting, you can't actually expect me to take this seriously. Well, but this is the thing. My point being that, you know, he's sitting around getting seemingly all excited. Now, I know it's faked and it's about as that's real the, as the Kardashians. That's the whole thing. Stuff. But you played in the Ryder Cup, mate. You huh. hold the winning putt. You won the US Open. You got the, the winning point. <laughs> Father's Day. My dad there in trouble. But you know you, you've done all that, and now you're excited about this this thing that doesn't have any meaning yet. Uh-huh. So, like, if it's legit and it's real, fine. But it seems that they're trying very, very hard to make the team element big and important and significant. And That's the thing. If if they were just a bit more natural about it, aye, I might be a bit more. Just let it happen. Yeah, just let's go and see what it's like, and you know, see the Formula One guys. Pumping about in the background. It's just nonsense. Mind you, you actually, see Lewis you do Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. I do that back when he's dressed like a flower. So, it's. I think we're agreed. We're looking forward to seeing how this thing We think looks. we are. Yeah. 
I, I, for me, it's a bit like the first event. You know, I was curious to see what that would look like, how it would go, and all the, the stuff with the shotgun start. What was it going to be like? We're at the same stage again. Yes, this is meant to be the backbone of what Live was all about, about the teams. This is how they're going to make money. So we're told. This is how they're going to bring in big corporate sponsorship to back a team. And then those players go out and do the groundwork for those sponsors. That's what this is meant to be about. We'll see what happens. Trump Doral, the venue for it in Miami. I'm going to choose my words again carefully here. I feel like I have to caveat everything I say about Liv, but Donald Trump, anything associated with him, considering what's going on in the States at the moment, is this extra drama, extra tension, extra noise that Liv in its infancy can do without? Or is it exactly what it wants? No, I don't know. Well, they need a golf course, so... And the thing is, they've got a really good one. It's a cracking golf course. Mm-hmm. You say whatever you want about Trump. His golf courses are superb. The two he's got in Scotland are absolutely phenomenal golf courses. But there is a there is a certain marketing and PR campaign behind him that can be damaging, I suppose. Certainly in America at the moment. I don't think he'll be there. I don't think he'll do much. I don't think I hope he's I don't think you take that away from what is an absolutely cracking golf course. Yeah, I hope he's not there because there was too much attention on him and likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene when it went to Bedminster. What's that chant they've got? Let's go Brandon, which is a dig at Joe Biden. It's just it feels like they're getting too Republican. If you like, Liv was becoming too Republican, (laughs) and it shouldn't be. Do you know what I mean? You're making me. Regret my Kanye comments, and you've just said that. Just too, calling it as I see it. Too Republican. Yeah, yeah, to be honest. I'll not go down well in Ghana. Oh, it's fine. The Ghanaians love me. Should see the feedback we get. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> right, look, this is a bit of a, a turning of the tables. Bryce, I gather that you've got a quiz for me. Usually at this point, I would throw something at you, but... You told me this morning you've got something to throw back in my face. Yeah, well, you'd always uh, surprise me with quizzes, so I, I gave you a, a wee ten minutes before we came on, on air that I've got a wee quiz lined up. And uh, I dread to think. You, you self-confessed Rory fanboy, are we? Yes. Yeah, okay. So you think you know everything about Rory? Well, you, I don't know if you do. Where are you going with this? So I've got nine questions. Nine questions? Jesus Christ. I, could, I genuinely couldn't get 10. I'm about to get a standard grade in Rory, is that yeah, what Yeah, five wasn't enough. Okay. Right. <laughs> Who was Rory's partner for the first foursome session of the Walker Cup in 2007? I know that. And you were there. I was there. His fellow countryman, Johnny Caldwell. I'm very impressed. Shit. How are you impressed? I was there. I saw it with I know, but eyes. I was there and I had to, to look it up. <laughs> right. Rory won the Open... 2014 at Hoylake Yep But who was second? Oh There were two I am seriously impressed Sergio And I think Ricky Correct Oh you beauty Again I was there Two out of two So was I But I was drunk I shouldn't have said that But I I was was. Back in the old days of the ball Back in the old days of uh, PSP expenses (laughs) Um, What's his football team? Manchester United Three out of three. What music does he like? Oh, what? That's nothing to do with Rory the golfer, is it? What music? I'll, I'll take <laughs> a genre. Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> if you, oh. you, I, I've got an artist, but I've got 
Two genres as well. It depends when he was asked the question, because I think now Rory might play it a bit more safe and say something I'll give really you say, shit like cold, cold I'll give you something like, uh, say the answer we would give would be about six, seven years ago. Kings of Leon? No, that's wrong. So you can sit on that one and stew. Come back to the answer for that. Eminem. Oh, no, that's John Ram. I said we would come back to the answer okay. on that. What's his mum's first name? Rosie. Bollocks. How much did his dad, Jerry, wager in 2004 oh, no! that his son would win the Open oh. within 10 years? Or he wasn't the only one. It was him and his pals did it. Yeah. <sighs> How much did he put on and what were the odds? Oh, shit. 2004? Uh-huh. I have a vague... I know he won, obviously, and his mates won, and they got good cash. But the numbers I don't remember, so I'm going to say... They stuck on a grand at 250 to 1 and got whatever that is. Too wrong. He has 23 PGA Tour wins following his win on Sunday. How many DP World wins has he got? Or European Tour wins, whatever you want to say. 23 in the PGA Tour. It's going to be less on the DP World Tour. 14. Really? Is that right? Aye. What? <laughs> you beauty. Right. What's his middle name? I know that. That's a piece of cake. Daniel. Rory Daniel McElroy. At least according to Wikipedia. Who's his favourite footballer? Last question. Ooh. So he's a United fan. So there's an obvious one. He's also a very proud follower of the Northern Irish football team. Can I give you two? No, you can give me one. Yeah, I'll explain my work in here. The obvious answer would be... Oh, actually, that's not obvious because maybe he had a childhood favourite. I'm thinking like Eric Cantona, but Rory's, what, five years younger than me. Is he going to remember Cantona? Maybe not. Look, the obvious one's Cristiano Ronaldo, but for shits and giggles, I'm going to suggest that it's a Northern Irish player, Will Grigg. Incorrect. It's actually Rio Hitati. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, sure it is. Can you get that wrong? So, what did you get wrong? You got uh, his music. We'll come back wrong. to the music last because I, I want another dig at that. So, you got his dad's wager in 2004. Yeah. Jerry put on £200 at 500 to 1. His son would win the Open in 10 years and he got 50 grand. That's pocket change to Jerry at this stage. Yeah. His son's won, what, 80 odd million on the PGA Tour? Yeah, Jerry Jerry's does. doing fine. Might as well not bothered. Aye. Wayne Rooney is his favourite oh, football player, Christ, not Rio of Hitati. Course, of Wayne course. Rooney. So music, it's not Kings of Leon. And you said there's a genre. So I had it in my head that it was going to be, you know, God awful rock. I don't. You mean like dad rock? Yeah, yeah. Like but, that, but that U2, I would, that's U2, that's rock music. But yeah, in, a, in a loose way. Yeah, mainstream. I don't see him rock. being a massive Metallica fan. No. I really. Don't think he cares about Keith Urban's latest album, so I'm going to do like country. I fully expect he's not into Christian rock either. <laughs> so that we're kind of narrowing it down. I don't think he's a jazz aficionado. Jazz, jazz should be banned. Uh, is it garage? No, it's R and B. It's hip hop. He says. <laughs> No chance. It's hip hop and trance music. I don't know the differences between trance and hip hop. Well, trance is no, more trance and dance. Don't know. Right, trance is more. I, I, to be honest, I don't care. 
Trance is what they call, and I might need to bleep this out, but it's what they call dumb fuck music. Dumb fuck, dumb fuck, dumb fuck. <laughs> True story. So trance, Rory's, he likes, a, Rory's a trance guy. Yeah, he likes Calvin Harris. Is he from Dumfries? Yes, your boy from is. Dumfries? Yeah. yeah. His music's shocking. That's just such a bland answer though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you're into trance, give me something that's not Calvin Harris. Yeah. That's like saying I'm into... Minted chocolate. What's your favourite? Mars bars? No, yeah. come on. Some of the music tastes of uh, tour players is quite interesting. Like Justin Thomas is a, he's a Cole Swindell fan. Cole Swindell is like a country song, country singer, and it's it's kind of brutal. And he really likes his country. Justin does. Justin Thomas really loves his country music. But then you've got Rory who's into like trance music and stuff, and a lot of the guys. It's funny. You you like what you you grow up with. Hmm. I'd, I'm, rather, I'm, I'm just, I'd rather have I'm, that than the hip hop scene. I'm just pausing on the idea of Rory getting, you know, taps off and you know the fluorescent paint and glow sticks on and giving it. But the that's that's not hip hop. What is that? No, that's, that's trans. That, so you're saying he's into hip hop as well? Yeah, he likes hip hop. Yeah, like what NWA? I don't know. I never said. <laughs> you phone him, I. That's not bad. Though. So you got six. Yeah, six out of nine, and frankly, three of them had nothing to do with golf. So, well, they to do with Rory, which was the it wasn't the Rory golf quiz; it was the Rory McIlroy quiz. So, just move on to part two. But I tell you what, as a specialist subject in mastermind goes, that could be the one. Could be. Yeah. I could make it a lot harder next time. Do that, okay? That's I your will. challenge because that was frankly piss easy. Anyway, <laughs> and you got three wrong. <laughs> Puts that sixty-six percent. I'll take it. That is that is that's a B plus and higher. Yeah, basically I'm now qualified in Rory McIlroy. Great stuff. Anyway, look, loads more to come. And as I said, we've got a very special guest joining us in the studio right after the break. Do not go anywhere. To create an iron that performs like nothing else, you need to build it like no one else has. So we constructed the new Rogue ST irons with a high strength 450 AI face cup doubled its tungsten weighting for optimal launch, and added even more urethane microspheres for exceptional feel and sound. Every aspect of Rogue ST has been precision tuned to create our longest iron ever. The new Rogue ST irons from Callaway, the kings of distance. Welcome back, part two of this week's Bunkered podcast in association with Callaway. Big week for us. The latest issue is hitting at the stands. By the time you listen to this, it probably already is their issue 197, Bryce? 197? Yes. Correct. 197, Michael. Correct. 197. Inching closer to the 200th edition. Very big plans for that, I'm sure. Because well, you've not shared them with me yet. <laughs> but yeah. yes, 197 going on sale this week. Landing on doormats if you're a subscriber. Bryce, give people a little bit of a inside scoop what's on the cover what should they expect from this edition two mags for the price of one this issue you get a free winter golf guide first time ever it's a separate supplement in association with ping we've got some tuition in there what you should do over the winter period things to work on in your game the best clothes to buy with ping and i have to say some of the ping stuff they sent us was out of this world very cool absolutely smashed it um, i know they're like the, the apparel market has never been any better now but ping stuff is just superb some of the stuff we've got out is just outrageous and we've got some two very handsome models who can also hit the ball as well which is very helpful <laughs> one of them being our gear editor James yes Tate, that's who correct on the shoot said that he was going to try and channel his inner zoolander with the the old blue steel right, okay and he managed and i think he has managed yeah he's, he's succeeded admirably and uh, making her bunker debut is ailsa murphy 
who works alongside Steve at Peebles, and I actually believe she's taken over at Peebles, I think. so. Very good. And Ilsa is going to be joining our tuition panel next year, and I'm excited because she's fantastic. She's got some great ideas for coaching. You can follow her on TikTok and Twitter. She's brilliant. So that's the that's just the, the winter supplement. In the main mag, we've got cover story with Adrian Moronk, who is a six-foot-six pole Makes you look short. He's about double the height of you, to be fair. He's a big boy. Hits at miles and can hold a putt. What's not to love? Yeah. So there's stuff in there about that. There's um, an interview with who we think is probably Scotland's youngest club captain. Mm-hmm. Why anyone would want to be a club captain at that age, you'll find How out in the magazine. I think he's 28. Good luck to him. What were you doing at 28, Bryce? Not putting yourself forward for club captain, eh? 28. I think I'd just met my... What would have been my future wife at that age, I think. <laughs> Little did she know how her life would change. <laughs> yeah. Moving, went down, moving went downhill. <laughs> uh, and I have to say, you've got a brilliant scoop in this issue with <laughs> the couple who got married and had a serious Augusta National Masters vibe at their wedding. Trust me, it's worth buying the magazine just for that. Matt and Kate Zions. It's, Absolutely. It's brilliant. The pictures Superb. are awesome, aren't they? Superb. There you go. Lots to enjoy in issue 197 on sale this week. Best way to get bunkered, of course, is to subscribe. We've got a great offer on at the moment. £36 for the year. And Bryce, exciting news. No longer eight issues a year. You're getting... Ten. So we're going to ten issues. We're probably the only magazine in the world that's investing in print. Who said print is dead? Exactly. So really exciting stuff for Bunkered next year. We're going to ten issues, which means more work. That's fine. Bring it on. But more joy for our readers. And the best way to get all that is subscribe. So for £36, you'll get 10 issues for the year. And you'll also get half a dozen Callaway Supersoft golf balls as well. That is correct. Why would you not? So go to bunkered.co.uk forward slash sub offer. And you can subscribe there and start receiving more of us. It's like getting us without having to listen to us. <laughs> which I'm sure is what a lot of you would love. Anyway... Moving swiftly on, as I said, we're delighted we've got a very special guest joining us in the studio now. It's actually the first time we've had a guest in our little, what would it be, like the broom cupboards? Remember back in the days of, you know, CITV and Gordon the Gopher and all that stuff when they operated out this time? Yeah, 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 That's yeah, yeah. basically what this is. What are you saying, I'm a gopher? <laughs> <laughs> come on. Uh, well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I've been called some bad things in recent, in recent years, but not a gopher, come on. It's fine, that makes him Andy Peters. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you heard him just there, European tour star and a top lad to boot, Scott Henry. Scott, welcome to the Bunker Podcast. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you for coming in. Pleasure. great to have you here. You were saying just before we started here that you think that I should be at least questioned by the police for my Rory knowledge. I'm expecting you to show up in Rory's front garden with a trench coat on. Who says I've not already? I know, well, (laughs) that was my next question. (laughs) Yes, uh, to be clear, McElroy family, there's nothing to worry about and I will maintain the 50 yards distance <laughs> per the restraining order. That's absolutely fine. Scott, thank you for, for coming in. Lots going on with, with you at the moment because, excitingly for me, you are starting to coach. You just started coaching at my local driving range in Bishop Briggs. Yep. For those who don't know, <laughs> again, hello, Ghana. That's just to the north of Glasgow. <laughs> so you're going to be doing so, <laughs> which is in Scotland. So you're going to be doing there now, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah. I've um, just started over the last week. Um, I've had a few few pupils in, which has been great. Bit of a different 
part of the game that I'm going to be getting involved in. I've always been playing, but over the years, I've always kind of had to build up my knowledge of the of the golf swing and and I guess you know everything to do with golf through. I guess a lot of it's been partly my real interest in it was driven through my career by maybe not getting the best information and then having to figure out you know what should be done and how can I make things better mm-hmm. so it's something that something that I feel like I can really help you know all levels of player and within the game I've, I've certainly helped some of the guys on the tour some of the younger guys coming through with, as well. with technical stuff yeah. yeah 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 and and um I'm sure you know those guys would would vouch for me as well you know guys even even some of the younger guys coming through who who have basically you know maybe had a little dip for a couple of months through through their year and and trying to propel propel themselves up to the to the main tour so that was kind of how it started for me and realizing that you know actually I'm I'm pretty pretty good at it putting all the knowledge that I've gained over the years because I've been a pro for 15 years. Mm-hmm. so It's funny, it has kind of come full circle, Bryce, hasn't it? Because Scott mm-hmm. says 15 years has gone by in a flash. Yeah, yeah. Scott used to be in the magazine in his amateur days. You used yeah, to, yeah. to interview him, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I spoke yeah. to you. I think you were 15 or 16 when I spoke to you. And you your mum answered the phone. I've still got the number in my contacts book downstairs. <laughs> and uh, you answered the phone. I said, what were you doing? He said, you were just listening to some tunes in your bedroom. <laughs> probably. I'd probably listen. At that time, I was probably listening uh, listening to Oasis, getting myself ready to swagger down to high school with my <laughs> <laughs> with my Heli Hansen jacket on and my Heli Timberland Hansen. boots. I know, oh my God, it was some scene. to Heli I know, Hansen? I know. So you were saying there about, you know, maybe a, a, you're maybe a victim of sort of too much information on tour. Could you go into that a wee bit? Is that about maybe you've had too many coaches or you were listening to too many people or how does that affect your mindset? I mean, I, I've thought so deeply about this over the years, mm. obviously, to get to the point where I am now. Um, I think what what I've got to say is is that anyone who tries to help you, they are genuinely trying to do their best for you. Mm. So you can never really overly criticise anyone who is who is trying to be there for you. But you know, I look back now, some of the things that I worked on, and I think, oh my God, that is so far from what I needed at that point. When you're already, you know, a pretty, pretty damn good golfer, and even even in the amateur days as well, it's not just on tour. Some of the information was just is just not right, and I know there's so much information available to people at home now. Yeah, you know, you, you've got people going on YouTube and trying to trying to find things for their swing on YouTube or not just their swing, their short game or even their mental game, but really it's a, there's a lot of jargon there. There's a lot of, I think a lot of the terminology in golf as well is like, it's so jazzed up that even an elite pro, you know, there's all these different ways of talking about wrist angles and flexion in the body and the knees and all that. And it's like all of these words are just, they're just a, a show to try and promote a guy to make him look more knowledgeable than yeah, what he yeah. actually is. Yeah, my kind of um, way of doing it, whether it's I'm working with, you know, a pro or someone who's just started the game, I I look at what they've got, what their pattern is, and then I'll have a quite an in-depth think about. I'm going to say one thing that's going to improve four or five things because, I mean, I went to see Butch Harmon a few years ago. And uh, he told me like three simple, simple things, and I got to the end of the first day with him, and I was like, "Right, bitch, 
what else? What were the three things he told you? Oh, it was like <laughs> I was still in, I was still injured at the time, but one of the things was I need to get onto my left side better, but I need to keep my height. I need to keep my height better, and I need to move off my right foot better. You know, that was it. And and at the end of the first day, this was out in in Vegas, out he's bit out there, and um, he looked at me as if I was an idiot. <laughs> he did, but he, but he was. I mean, he was amazing. What a brilliant guy he was, but he looked at me as if he was like, "What do you mean? That's it. I tell you to do those things, and it improves. Like I said, it improves a bunch of things. You've seen it on the camera. We've showed you how well you're hitting it. Go do that. Come back tomorrow. We'll do it again." Whereas another guy might take oh man days, weeks, if not months, to try and get you to do a certain thing. Some of the some of the the crazy crazy stuff that that I've had to had to listen to has been, you know, to, to process that through your brain. It's <laughs> oh my god! You'd think they were sending a a rocket to space, to be honest. <laughs> and and that's what I say to a lot of the guys. Like you know, even 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 you know, a lot so a lot of the guys who. Who I would say, you know, I'm sure they would say, I Scotty was always a guy that had been there for us through simple things, just coming through the tours and stuff like that. Um, you know, like a, a lot of my experience has been, unfortunately for me, when I came on the tour or on the challenge tour to start with, there wasn't many Scottish guys. There was me, Andrew MacArthur, George Murray, the two of them were really friendly and a bit older than me so they were kind of doing their thing and they'd done things a little bit differently to what I did so a lot of time I was on my own like I was doing it all on my own and making way too many mistakes you know and I just I always thought that if any guys came behind me if I seen them making an arse or something you know booking or staying somewhere or whatever if they ever asked me for any any help I made sure I would always be there not put words in your mouth but must be quite a lonely place at times being very, on tour. Yeah, very. But at the same time, you can you can totally deal with that for the the pleasure out of the game. Mm-hmm. I love golf so much that I mean, it, it is it's totally in my blood. Golf. Yeah, like it has been, hasn't it? It's it has been, been for a long time, and it's like you deal with the 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 bad sides of being a touring pro because. It is the dream job for me, and 100%. You could say to me, you could be scoring a winner at Old Trafford or, or you could be playing on a European tour trying to win a tournament. I would pick playing on a European tour trying to win a tournament over anything in life. And that's the important thing because a lot of people might be listening to this and saying, oh, he's into coaching now, so that's game over as far as the tour goes. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case for you. You are determined to get back onto the European tour competing and hopefully winning tournaments 100% um, I've been kind of led down into and it and, and it's starting up my coaching because I've been injured for quite a long time four years ago uh, effectively I'll try and make this short this story because it's uh, it doesn't make me happy. You worried me it. there when you said four years. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I feel like a bit of a broken record with this uh, story, but um, basically four years ago, I played a season on the European Tour and I didn't do well. I messed around yet again, made some mistakes, you know, off the course, chose to chose to change clubs and blah, 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 and I kind of I lost my way and I, I lost my confidence and I, and I played some pretty 
awful stuff for probably about two or three months. And then I just decided it came to head. I was like, right, get me the clubs that I know I can use, blah, 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 towards the end of the season. Posted a couple of a couple of good results. Whilst uh, I started working with Alan McCluskey over, over oh, yeah. at Bodwell. Got to the end of the season, I lost my card, so I was back on the challenge tour. And often in the winter I would go to Dubai and, and work on my game out there. And But because I'd started working with Alan, I was like, I'm going to stay with Alan, stay at home and practice like you would not believe. It was it was great working with Alan, but it was I probably went just totally mental with my practice to the point where I got my game up to a really, really good standard. I played half of the season on the Challenge Tour, I had a lot of top finishes, and, I, and literally the week before I got injured, I was leading a tournament pretty comfortably in Northern Ireland. And my game was at a really high standard. Like, I knew my game was there after doing this. Like, the work over the winter and the build-up to that was just... I mean, me and Alan, can you remember the indoor golf centre over at Tradeston? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kenning yeah. Yeah, Kenning Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can remember being in there, Alan meeting me at 12 o'clock in midday. And uh, I had already been there for an hour and a half. And he showed up. And we, st- we <laughs> he sat on the chair in the studio, and we, and we left at nine thirty at night. What? Yeah, I didn't sit down, and we just worked. Jeez, oh! And but was, was it productive it, practice though? Well, my swing got really good, and my way I was hitting it got really good. That's how I was then able to to kind of revamp my game and bring bring a strong game out of the Challenge Tour that year. But and did that lead to injury? I mean, I think given. The training that I was doing at that time and the practice, I was just so desperate to to jump back up to the tour and prove myself, and I was getting there. You know, I really was. I mean, I came, ended up coming second in that Challenge Tour event. Um, I messed up the last few holes, and I and I kind of dissected down to why that I didn't get the job done after feeling like I was always a guy who, if I had a sniff, I, I would I would get it done. Probably the first time in my career that. I felt like I didn't quite front up down the last few holes, which was tough to take. And all I wanted to do after that was bounce back and play play tournaments and and use that at least take the confidence from that that wow your game's at a, a great great level again. But that finished on the Sunday, and I and I and I just wanted to to go to the next event. But on the Tuesday, I was playing with my brother, and one of his um, he had a little tour at home um, at the time and uh, on a Tuesday I was playing with him, I had to walk off the course I had just, my back was in just so much pain and then from pretty much that point on I kept trying to play but I was never right and then in the winter that year you know, pushing my cardio a bit and ended up tearing my hamstring An actual tear? I got told at the time, I done it when I was in Dubai I got told at the time it was a grade 2 tear and uh, but I wasn't. I don't think I wasn't getting great advice. And I went through a kind of bunch of years where I spent a lot of money trying to fix it and trying to get better advice. And and and, I, and I've not really actually got the right information on it until probably the last two months. How's so that not, possible? Not, not the right, not the right diagnosis of what your injury was. So basically, I played the last four years injured. I played constantly, saying to my coach, "I can't get onto my left leg." Like. Even after 
supposedly of being recovered after my hamstring tear. Always had back pain and basically my rankings just dropped and dropped and dropped and I, I go through spells where my back's not sore but the function in my body is just not there. I'm like still swinging it and I'm like seeing whoever it is I've been working with, whether it be my coach in, in Dubai through that, that stage or if I went to see Alan McCloskey, it's like we need to get you onto that left leg better. I was like, I'm trying. Like literally like screaming at my body to to do it to, to do it and I'm like I can't do it like and, and and I just start hitting it shorter and shorter and more and more offline to the point where like through that through that time playing, you know, I've had I've had guys who I've been playing with in tournaments like laughing at some of the shots that I was capable of hitting. It was just so bad at times like but anyway, so so to, to, to kind of recent times eventually after doing like spending a lot of money trying to get better advice on how to fix things and blah 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 I basically have 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 not got any further along the line in terms of improvement until recently I got put put down to this uh, this guy Dave Favour is his name and he's based down in Manchester he deals with a lot of footballers when they have a hamstring injury or if they've got back injuries and he put me on this machine, right, um, to test the strength of, of both my legs. He said to me three times before going on it, and it was kind of annoying me, actually. He was like, you need to try your best when you're on this thing. Like, don't go on this thing if you're not going to try your best, because we need good data. And I'm like, right, this guy's no idea what, what my mentality is. I'm going to go on this thing, and I'm going to rip the, rip the thing off its hinges. Went on it, tried my absolute best, one of the toughest things I've ever had to do. And um, the results came back. My left leg was 40% weaker than my right. My left leg, most important leg for a golfer. Mm. Your golfer, your left leg is a right-handed golfer needs to be stronger than your right. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he was like, for a supposed recovered athlete, that's the worst dispersion of strength between your left and right leg that I've ever seen. He worked under Sir Alex Ferguson for about 15, 20 years. Right. He'd done Roy Keane's knee recovery and all that and he works with he's worked with Man City, he's worked with Chelsea so he's And you're the worst he's ever seen. And for for a recovered Jeez. for a supposed recovered athlete and he says he says, Well both things are linked. That hamstring tear is linked with your back issues and vice versa kind of thing. And he said also he's like, Yeah, you your hamstring tear was a lot worse than what you got diagnosed when you originally done it. <laughs> Because I've got nerve damage and I've got bad scar tissue in there as well. So he's got me on this training program, which is brutal. <laughs> so you had no idea that your left leg wasn't as strong as your right leg when you were well, doing your workouts? I, I, I did. I uh-huh. did. I, I, I kept saying to the people who I was dealing with, um, and yet again, you know, I'm not I'm not calling everyone out on it. It's just I know everyone does their, their, their best, the best they can for you. But it just, it was never measured mm. properly. You know, you can't measure how strong a leg is um, by just testing it by hand. You know, that's someone basing things on their feel. Mm-hmm. But when I'd done the test and he told me, I was like, just said to him, I said, Dave, I've been getting my brain to scream at my body for the last four years to say, you know, get up onto your left leg and rotate around your left leg like you used to. And I've, I look at swings from before I was injured to now and it's like 
wow, it was looking, it was looking so good then. I was hitting it so strong. I was hitting it so well. I was, cut, I was making, making my pathway towards, you know, getting where I wanted to be. And then, well, I look at my swing now, and I was like, it's just, nah, it's just not right. I can see my leg just buckling, and it's like, you know, it's, now I have, now I have the reason. Now I have the information to fix it. And oh my god, this. This is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Really? How, <laughs> you say it's brutal, so give us an example. What, what, what is the fix? Um, it's it's training, like bodyweight training, really. He's got me doing this programme, which all different types of movements to try and strengthen up my hamstring, and it's just crazy. It's like I'll go and I'll do an exercise, and it's all for time. It's not for reps. It's like I'll do like 90 seconds of... I posted some of the stuff on my Instagram, and it doesn't look that difficult. But trust me, when you've got to do it for like 90 seconds with like a Swiss ball squished up against the wall and you're like constantly like lunging down and oh my, my, I feel like my leg's going to explode. Mm-hmm. He's like, he said to me, this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever had to do. And I do that, I'm pretty much at the gym two hours every day because including the stretching I have to do as well. So I do six days a week on that and it's, I'm in, I think I'm into my fourth week of it now. So are you feeling any improvements or is it too soon to say? I think so, but the only, the funny thing is with me is the only way I feel improvement is when I actually go to to hit shots. That's where my ultimate feel lies in my body. It's like... um, That's why you're doing it really, isn't it? Yeah. So that that has been my kind of story. And through all that time, it's been, you know, you definitely, you definitely feel people... Because you're not as good a golfer, you definitely feel people, you know, I definitely had a few little snidey comments dropped in there about... Really? Oh, yeah. Well, the the, the tours are such a competitive place. Snidey comments on the tour? Because, I mean, I was going to say, like, social media, yeah, I get that, that's, I, I, that's I, a snidey I, place, that's its, I that's mean, its default, but on tour, are you getting that? Yeah, there's been the odd little patronising comment. Or I even had, for for example, I was playing, <laughs> and this just shows you how weak some people are. I was playing, it was a Saturday, so I'd made the cut. I was in agony, <laughs> complete agony, and I'd still made the cut. And I was playing, and I hit this shot, like I was saying earlier. I hit this shot, and it was horrendous. I know it was, but I'm totally, like, fighting every shot. I'm, like, grunting like a tennis player when I'm hitting it. And uh, one of the caddies in the group just, like, burst out laughing. So I ha- I had to laugh, you know, I had to laugh about it. And then we got in after the round and he came over to me and he was like, I just couldn't believe that shot yet because this was his way of apologising. Uh-huh. And I was like, it's all right, I know it was a bad shot. I was like, what about you? Like, what are you? He's like, he's like, oh no, I, w- I was playing the first two rounds but I missed the cut. And I was like, so you, I'm like, you're laughing at me. I'm literally hobbling around. I've made the cut fully healthy and you've missed the cut and you're laughing at me it's like a reality check yeah there i think yeah. yeah so obviously those are the things you know i don't just have scar tissue on my body but i've got scar tissue and 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 some of the shots that i've ended up yeah being being able to hit through through being so out so off the mark with my body i was gonna say because i mean the physical toll is one thing and it sounds awful but at least it sounds like you've identified it now there's a plan in place to, yeah. to fix it and, and get you physically healthy again but the mental toll of all that 
I, I can't even begin to imagine how tough that is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I <laughs> effectively, I feel like I've had four years stolen from my career. No doubt about that. You know, and I've, that's not the only thing that's been stolen. Obviously, I've spent a lot of money trying yeah. to trying to get the right answers to get me back. I've spent a lot of money playing, but playing poorly. And um, I hate to sound like I've got a chip on my shoulder or bitter, but I, I mean, I kind of do. It sounds like you're entitled to it, though, Scott. Frankly. I know, but that's the thing that's gonna that's the thing that's gonna drive me. This might be too personal of a question, but what was the lowest point? <sighs> I mean. The lowest point is was probably a couple of times where I was trying to get pain relief was uh, I, w- I would be in the gym because I, I had to be in the gym. I had to try and find a way of fixing it. I probably went through three years of the back pain and getting told that <laughs> getting told that I was asking should I go and get a scan on my back and I had quite highly regarded doctors saying, no, you're fine. If you had to get a scan and you had something that was going to be showing up in the scan that would be an issue, you wouldn't be able to play golf. So I had three years of that. <laughs> um, I went and got a scan and the doctor who told me that then said, oh, actually, you've got a, you've got a, a bro- you've got two stress fractures on your back. So you need to stop playing. That's ridiculous. And right up to that point, I was doing quite a hard kind of training uh, program which was prescribed by people that I was dealing with at that time so the lowest point those are hard hits to take Mm. you know when you're putting in my I I always say that my 100% is is 100% but I had days where I'd be away and I probably shouldn't have been going away trying to compete if I'm being honest but if I go and sit in my house I, I don't progress I don't even give it a chance to progress. I'm just watching my ranking slide. So, um, do you look at that? Do you, I mean, I know some golfers don't bother with the rankings, but would you open the world rankings website, for example, and check and see where you were? Not, not so much the world rankings, but more just my category, my opportunity to play mm-hmm. going into the going going forward, which is which has been taken away from me now. But you know, to go back to what you're saying, what's your lowest point? Like I actually can remember being away at a tournament and getting ready to play and lying on the lying on the mat in the gym and I'm like, I need to get some pain relief here. Like if I'm gonna to play today, I need to get some pain relief and I was trying to stretch out, I was trying to, you know, do some activation stuff on on my muscles and that and I can I can remember having tears in my eyes because, you know, you're just you just know you're not ready to play. Mm-hmm. And you know what's coming down the line. It's, if you're in that much pain, it's probably not going to be a positive result at the end of nah. the weekend, is it? Yeah, so that, that's kind of that's kind of been the story. It's not a good story, obviously. No, but thank uh, you. Thank you for sharing. I think it's important for people to hear that it's not all champagne and strawberries and mm-hmm. you know the top end of men's professional golf. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that that is still what you're striving towards to, to get to that point. And 100%. You do have a good support network around you as well. Obviously, your wife Kylie is playing on the Ladies European Tour. Does it help having someone like that at home who really understands the pressure of having to make the cut to bring home a cheque and all that sort of stuff that goes with Yeah, she's, she obviously knows everything about the game. She mm. has to go through it herself. And yeah, I mean, 
it's, it's it makes my life a bit easier for her to understand what I I need to do to get back to where I need to get to. What about the the tour? Because I'm, I'm forgive me, I probably sound a bit thick here, but exemptions and medical extensions and all that sort of stuff. Presumably, you are entitled to those, are you not? Well, like I say, like I hate to say this, but like I'm not like I'm not a softie. Do you know what I mean? I just don't lay down very easy. I know some guys will play the system for sure. You know, when you say play the system, well, guys will have a minuscule injury, and if they start the year playing poorly, they'll be like, you know, I need to be careful what I say with this. But here's my out. Yeah, I'll be like, I'll just, I'm going to just chill till next year, and then I'll start <laughs> next year, and if I play all right at the start and I feel comfortable, I'll keep going. You know that kind of thing. It's definitely happened for me. That doesn't really exist in my being that but I do wish I, sh- I could have and should have been smarter because it got to the point this year where I was getting the pain again and I said to the chief of the challenge tour I was like I, I want to claim an ex- I want to claim a medical I'm totally done you-, you already have my scans from last winter you know there's plenty info there to say that I should get it and he's like yeah, no problem, let's look at it. But I'd played eight events, which meant my exemption for next year would have been terrible if I'd played seven, so one less. I would have just got put into my same ranking for next year. And I was like, surely we can, you know, like, come on. Figure something out. Yeah. Surely this yeah. is just a guideline, it's not an absolute rule. And it was like, no, so because I'd played one event more, uh, which I... Withdrew from You withdrew from that event And they still didn't mm. And I, 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 I ended up I went to So it put me in a position Where I was like Okay so I've got no exemption For next year So The doctor was telling me You need to Not You need to take time off You need to not play golf And it's like well I can't just Sit in my house And watch My career My ranking in my career Just disappear Mm-hmm I was like, I totally understand that there's issues there that need to be rested and then rehabbed, but I I ended up, I, I was like, I said to said to the doctor and the physios, like, we need to, I, I need to go and play the tournaments, even though I know I'm not right, I need to go and at yeah. least chance it to see if I can post a result to try and get something for next year, so that's what i done, and I ended up withdrawing from like three of the tournaments that I went to, so it yeah. was just... It was uh, it was pretty shocking to be honest. Tell me a little bit, Scott. I mean, look, there, there's been good points in there as well. Obviously, I think to like Kazakhstan winning there when yeah. that was that was a huge event on the Challenge Tour mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah, lots of money. But never mind all that. What's Kazakhstan like? It's absolutely lovely. Is it really? It really is. It's nothing like what you see on Borat. I mean, what made you think I was going there? <laughs> <laughs> because that's always the question. And I remember when I won there, everyone, like all my friends were like sending me pictures of Borat and all that. And it's like, <laughs> I've seen the movie and it's like, Kazakhstan is such a nice place. Really? It's yeah. nothing like that. It's nothing like that. It's, they've got two golf courses there, which we've played the tournament on. Both great courses, great vibe around the city, good food, everything's awesome. That was obviously one of my one of my highlights was was winning that. It was 
it was awesome. It was obviously propelled me on the European tour for my first mm. full season on the, the European tour the following year. So, but yeah, it was the biggest. It was the biggest event on the schedule for a long time on the Challenge Tour. It's been a good spell past couple of years for for Scottish players on the tour. I mean, the guys that came in following you, so the likes of Bob McIntyre, Grant Forrest, Ewan Ferguson, looks like he's in a great shout of being Rookie of the Year. The way the way things are going mm-hmm. for him. I'm sure seeing them doing as well as they are just makes you want to be back out there and get fully fit so you can have a bit of that action for yourself. Uh, absolutely. I mean, all these guys, I, I'm pretty tight with a lot of these guys, you know, Ewan and Bob and I, I would I would go and certainly Ewan, he's, he lives really close to me. Mm-hmm. We'll go and catch lunch when he's home and I'm sure he would vouch for me and say that I've helped him in some sort of way through his development. But yeah, for me, a big a big part of me wanting to get back is these guys have never seen me play being healthy, you know. I would I would love to be able to show them that I'm not just some washed up thirty five year old guy who's not got a lot of ability. I'd love to show them Put them in their what, place a little no, bit. No, I wouldn't say put them in their place because I've got great respect for all the guys, you know, Callum Hill, Grant Forrest you know, Ewan, Bob, and these are all guys who have managed managed to come through the development period without making really too many mistakes, mm-hmm. which is the reason why they're they're doing so well. But they're good guys as well. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we're, we're fortunate that within the Scottish guys who have come through, that they're all solid guys, and 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 it's, it's great to see them doing well. Do you still believe within yourself that you can get back and be at that level and basically achieve the things you want to? A hundred percent. I I know my greatest achievement in golf will be getting competitive again. Whether, which I do believe, I go on and win tournaments beyond that. You know, I, I believe I can do that, but I know, I know that my kind of Everest, if you want to call it that, is getting healthy, getting back competitive. As soon as I do that, I get my foot in the door. I uh, want, like, I believe I'll go on and win tournaments. That's my biggest hurdle is is getting my foot back in the door with chances to play and chances to play feeling healthy, for sure. And in the meantime, coaching as well at Bishop Briggs. Don't know if I've mentioned this to you yet, Scott, but I'm, I might be popping up to see if I can get a lesson off of you. Hi. I'll give you your first. Do you think the last word you what? Hard. I was going to say, <laughs> keep your problem, Scott. Wait till he turns up. <laughs> I think uh, I'll give you your first lesson free. Oh, really? Hi. What guy? And we'll see where we go from that because. Uh, because you might not want to work with me after that, is that what you're saying? Where you go no. from that will be a direct debit form. <laughs> I've, I've been I've been starting to starting to create a bit of. Uh, interest through through the coaching i've got quite a few few bookings in and stuff like that so it's starting to grow i'm actually currently amongst other things i'm doing a little job just now as well on um, top of the coaching yeah i do a little bit of work in a warehouse right okay which isn't glamorous but it's, but uh, it's money in the door isn't it well yeah i'm trying to reverse the trend of the last few years <laughs> you know where the money's just going yeah. out yeah, exactly. so i'm uh my kind of routine is i get up I do my stretching in the morning. I go to work eight thirty to four. 
then I go to the gym straight after for two hours. And then I've got another couple of things that I'm I'm involved in as well. Like with obviously I've been doing my coaching, which is great. And that actually kinda gives me a release because it makes me feel like um you know, I'm at golf and I'm doing something that I'm passionate mm. about. And I'm I'm trying to broaden my horizons with a few things. I'm getting involved with a, with a company called One Golf Society. I can't really say too much about it just now, but you know, I think it's going to be. I think it's so. Times have been so tough for golf clubs and even members as well. Everyone just now is struggling to find ways to fund things and all that. So, um, look out for it. it's going to be called One Golf Society. It's going to be totally free for golf clubs and members and. I really think it's going to, you know, help revolutionise the way things are done going forward. So Sounds interesting. Uh, Can I ask that the big question is, are you still listening to Oasis? Mm-hmm, yeah. Really? Just think they'll get back together? <laughs> no, no chance. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> I still love, still love Oasis, but I've got many different genres of music that I like. Calvin Harris, would if, if you and Rory were in the same room and there was a fight over the stereo, would it be a fight or would you both agree that you're listening to Calvin Harris? Well, obviously I'd win the fight. <laughs> 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 but uh, see, it, was, it was interesting hearing you guys talk about, about Rory because obviously I remember uh, Rory coming on the scene 15 years old, playing in the Spanish amateur. I'd have been 16 or 17. And... He had that wow factor right for the right from the word go. What what made him stand out? Oh, he just hit the ball so flush. He swung everything. And by the way, people should be a fan of him because he is the same guy now than what he was back when he was fifteen years old. Not you know, changed. Not changed. He practiced in Dubai quite a bit when I was there, and a more down to earth guy you could not meet, especially for one of the superstars of our game. So he is, he is a top, top lad. Good to How know. good is that to hear? I love it. I, I like to think that I'm following the right people. And, Absolutely. You know, putting my support behind the right people. He's definitely going to be there with the trench coat no. on. Hi, Rory. Scott says you're really nice. <laughs> well, lately I've been thinking, am I following and supporting the right sporting institutions? Because various things have happened. And, you know, I've, I've, I've had cause to question my my beliefs, if you like, but. You've reaffirmed my belief in Rory Scott, so thank you for that. Yeah, and and thank guy. you, thank you for coming in as well. I want you to stick around for the last part of the show, if that's all right, because this is the best <laughs> bit of the show. Go on, Michael. Podder of merit. Yes. So I don't know if you're familiar with this, Scott, but basically Bryce and I pick a player each week huh. for one of the week's events coming up. And every week I pick Rory. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea is the person whose player finishes higher wins a point. If both players miss the cut, there's no points going for who finishes yeah. highest of those. But if you win, if your player wins that tournament, you get two points. So, long story short, we're now in season four of this. I've won three seasons to one. It's first to ten, by the mm-hmm. way. I've won three. Bryce has won one. Season four, I was 7-1 up seven weeks ago. No anymore. Six weeks ago, in fact. Christ, there have been three Prime Ministers since I last won a point in this game. Because yeah, yeah. Bryce has turned it around a little bit. Last week, at the CJ Cup, and Bryce, you picked, of course, Rory McIlroy. And I picked John Ram. Of course, Rory wins. Ram finishes in a tie for fourth. So, two points for Bryce. Not only a point for his player finishing higher, but a point for the win as well. Eight, and of seven. course, 
you sent me a message on Sunday night, back when WhatsApp was working, I gather that yeah, it's, it's crashed. I still don't think it's working right now. I can just check and it's... Uh, I hope that carries night. on until at least tomorrow night, just oh, to no, get me through. It's working <laughs> I now. need some respite. It's working now. Great. But anyway, that is you. You've gone from 7-1 down to 8-7 up. Absolutely wow. tremendous. It's like Medina. Don't, Unbelievable. Don't call it a comeback. Unbelievable. However, somewhere I, Jose Maria Lathbell's choking back tears I, I do think that uh, is it Sean on Twitter does make quite a good point he wants to uh, what's this to dive into the T's and C's of our uh, pother of merit and I think we might adjust that but, uh, we can't adjust season. it mid-season no not mid-season but I think we might adjust something next season but for now it's all about me <laughs> <laughs> It's like bringing in VAR halfway through a football season. Who in their right mind would would do such a ridiculous thing? But anyway, look, it is the Portugal Masters this week. Victoria, of course, you've got a little bit of local knowledge on that price, having played it two weeks ago. Yes, phenomenal. It's your honour. Whilst you're thinking about that, Scott, you've played Victoria, of course, as well in the past. Yeah, yeah. What do you need to do well around there? Who should it suit? I think if you hit the ball well off the tee. You don't even need to hit it that far, but I think if you hit it well off the tee, I know that golf, you could say that almost about any golf course, but that one in particular, par fives, you hit good tee shots, It's they almost become par fours, so mm-hmm. I think uh, that's, the, that's the kind of key. Okay. On you go, Bryce, it's, it's your honour. Well, I think I'm going to go with Victor Perez. Dundee's Victor Perez. Dun- Dundonian Victor Perez. I was looking for somebody and I can't find him. So I will, before I hand this over, I was going to pick, I don't think Oliver Fisher's playing, is he? I know why you're looking for him. Mr. 59 on that golf yeah, course, yeah. wasn't he? I, I don't see so his name anymore. Ross Fisher is playing, Oliver Fisher is playing. Where, yeah. where is he? He's Category 16C. Hmm. So you're presumably thinking, hell, he shot a 59 there before the He'll first 59, 59 in European Tour history. I but I have to say, when I was playing that a few weeks ago, I played really well off the tee and I had a few duff chips my putting was shocking just absolutely terrible and I think I I tripped I, I doubled 17 I was like I shot 86 I was like for goodness sake net 86 shut up <laughs> and then you walk off and you think how off the back we weren't even off the back tees you think <laughs> how does somebody go around that golf course in 59 yeah. blows how the mm. hell does that happen and that just blows my mind you listen to Scott and you think how hard is it to do that? Mm-hmm. It's like everyone thinks, you know, golf, yeah, you play your best golf. We're a million miles away mm-hmm. from what this boy's capable yeah, of exactly. and what these guys are capable of. A million miles away. And that's how hard golf I still think golf is the absolute hardest sport to master, which makes it the best. Genuinely think it's the best sport. I think when you, this is why I don't want bifurcation, because <laughs> that's the thing when you go on to like Victoria course and you go and play it. You play a tournament course, you look at what the pros do, and you walk off 18 and you think, I've ju- you just find you find respect for it. You can measure yourself, can Absolutely you? unbelievable. So, I'm going with Victor Perez. Victor Perez. Good show. Thank you. I am going to go for... Maybe this is the... the, the parochial shout or the, the Patriot in me or whatever, but he has found form it feel a little bit from nowhere because he's been struggling for a bit obviously had the win in Italy and he's been playing very well apart from that I fancy Robert McIntyre to do well this week 
so it's a bit of a, a Scottish shootout. The French Scotsman against the, the Scotsman Scotsman. So Perez versus McIntyre. Scott, how badly have we got this wrong? Who would you be picking? I had a little think about this and uh, I think this tournament in particular always throws up a guy who's fighting for his card. Mm-hmm. A guy who's who is, I think he won there before and I think he's fighting for his card, Stephen Brown. Stephen Brown? Right. Okay. okay. He's a kind of, he's my kind of outsider. I think he won it. I'm not 100% sure, but I know he certainly posted a result to to keep his card there before, so I'm putting him in the mix. Okay. I'm going to give you one more. Go for it. Because I think he struck a little bit of form last week, Marcus Armitage. Yeah, oh, okay. he got quite unlucky in the end. And I, and I think he's a guy who is capable of some serious golf. Yeah. Um. Obviously, they had a, he had a poor finish last week, but, you know... I wouldn't be surprised if he's redeems himself this week. And also this week, obviously, the big one. Um, <laughs> are you a Torque fan or a Majestics or Cleeks or Crushers? Which is your live team, Scott? I know absolutely nothing about it. That's brilliant. We'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back in the four aces. I'm <laughs> ridiculous saying it, but see, this time next year we'll be talking about Aston Martin or somebody like that. I'm certain of it. I don't know. I just Do you not think so? For me, golf, unless it's the Ryder Cup, unless it's, you know, pretty much the Ryder Cup, where it's the, the only kind of truly big team event that people get behind, golf is a lone wolf sport. Very true. And it's like you say, like, how can a live golf leaderboard compare to Augusta National? You know, know, where you're watching guys who are just... At the height of their game, and that means everything to them. Mm. Yeah, like it yeah. means the world to them. And those guys are the guys that are truly living the dream. That is the essence of golf, I would say. Yeah, it's got context to it, doesn't it? Which yeah, live might get there in time, but I suppose we're in a really funny position. I, I imagine we're probably in the same position as they were with the very first Masters when that took place in what was it, thirty three, thirty four? It's like, yeah, it's a big event, but what does it mean? And here we are. Nearly 100 years mm. later, and it's the biggest event in the sport. But they had all the best players in the world now when they started. You're the telling Masters. me Liv doesn't? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not anti Liv by, by any means. I just It's just something that hasn't quite captured my imagination yet. That's a very good way of putting it because I think a lot of people are in the same boat. I'm not taking sides on it, and I, and I don't say that just to be so don't upset anyone. Because, uh, But I, I do think that. You know, f- fair enough. If you want to go and do something new, go do it. And if you want to try and grow it, obviously they are. They've got unlimited funds, so do it. See how it goes. But it's definitely, like you guys were talking about at the start of the show with Rory, it's almost gave him an extra edge mm-hmm. to his whole demeanour. Mm-hmm. He's had to say some things and he's had to go back it up. And by the way, we know in the game of golf just now, when he's on form, he's the best. You sure is, as he's as he's yeah. proving. So we'll finish up with Honesty Box, a little part of the show, Scott, where we have to. Oh, it's right there in the tin. It's our on seal thing, isn't? It? You've got to be honest about the question that comes up. For clarity, we're very much anti-yellow belts. We get uh, white belts, yellow balls, iron head covers, and you should get free relief from a divot. Anyway, no, um, we did not so, agree that. That's also in this issue, which is hitting stands. 
what day is this? Tuesday? Yes. Friday. Uh, letters page is a howling mess of complaints about divots. That's the one thing that I don't think we're ever going to find consensus on. That's the real fight. You, so know? You, you think that you should get a drop and you don't. Yeah. No. So That's where we're at. Just play it as it lies. It would just, if you brought that in where you should get a drop, you know. Chaos. You know, guys would be bending that rule beyond belief. <sighs> no one asks yeah. Scott, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Preach. Preach. <laughs> so, honesty box. What is the strangest thing? <laughs> Didn't bring you in here to gang up on me. <laughs> what is the strangest thing you have ever found on a golf course? Mr. Richie, I'll come to you first. Actually, you know what? I can't think of a single thing that I've found on a golf course that I've thought that's a bit weird, apart from my form. Ah, oh, there we go. Nah. There's, there's the old one. I found a fairly once. That was strange. <laughs> nah, no, honestly. Honestly, <laughs> no joke. I've thought about this and... I cannot think of a single thing that I found on a golf course. What? It's the most boring answer. Brilliant. I'm he, glad they he, brought you in. Michael, he's seen he's a 10 handicap now. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, said, I, I played with him a couple of weeks ago. I can believe Really? He says Shut it with, it, says it with a straight face as well. Oh, I'm a 10 handicap now. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, I think you've played tons of courses. You've never no, seen anything strange? No, I don't think so. No burnt out cars or anything like that? No. Where, no. where were you brought up? I'm a Mogai boy. So you're not going to see too many burnt out cars? No, there. don't see many too many, too many burnt out no. cars. I've got some. Go for it. Right, go for some, it. I don't, I, can't, I don't even know if I can say them out loud. Ah, it's Go for it. So I've seen burnt out cars. That wasn't even that. That's not even that strange. And <laughs> <laughs> <In> Clydebank. <laughs> um, Do you get uh, a free drop from them? <laughs> well, see. So what's your problem if, with divots? <laughs> if they're still burning, you don't want to go anywhere near them. Um, I have found not so shocking, but I've found stashes of booze. Oh, yeah. really? Mm -hmm. Somebody's plank of booze. Nice. Which. I didn't tap into so <laughs> um, I've all, also found a sex toy on the golf course. <laughs> a sex toy. Uh -huh. Not a not a very big one, but uh, <laughs> but still nonetheless a sex toy. <laughs> <laughs> Which God knows why it would have been abandoned. <laughs> um what else? I found a baseball bat, which was obviously had been used for something That's a chib. Uh -huh. Oh really? A chib uh -huh. And kind of quite similar to the Funny Kevin Bridges story Where he's playing football And they hit the ball into the bushes And they find some adult magazines Ah uh, yes <laughs> A stash of Mayfairs and Playboys yeah. and so on so, Is that yeah. what they're called Michael yeah? Apparently yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that same kind of deal where the the, go the golf was abandoned for a while. <laughs> <laughs> we had I, I posted this question onto our social media channels, and <laughs> if you want to read them all, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash bunkered online. There's about a thousand replies. Leslie Bond, I once saw a naked man being chased by the police at I'm not going to say the club because that would be unfair, but it's in Mark Inch. We were having a nice lunch at the club with the kids and he came running down the 18th fairway onto the green. It was hilarious. My son wrote about it to his friend when he sent him a postcard from his holidays. Really? His mum still has that card because she thought it was hilarious. Son was seven at the time. Well, imagine seeing that. Uh, Kevin Pratt heard two micro lights in low cloud looking for somewhere to land at Strathleen Golf Course in Bucky. 
as we were teeing off in the first. They came in to land on the course, went into the clubhouse to apologise because they weren't sure where else to go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Brian Hopcroft used to be a greenkeeper. Ah, here we go. And found all sorts of odd stuff early mornings. But my absolute favourite, just for sheer ingenuity, I turned up on a Sunday morning to cut the greens for a competition. Two of us set off in different directions, nine greens each. I got to the my first, which was the 10th, to find the flag numbered 17. Thus it continued. Every flag on the course had been changed for a differently <laughs> numbered one. <laughs> Someone had taken the time in the dead of night to carry this out. There's uh, another one there... Uh, a large block of ice that had just fallen off the wing of a passing plane. Jesus Christ. I could kill somebody, yeah. Absolutely. Yes, because it's falling from 38,000 feet, Price, and that's, it's ice. So. That's correct, yes. <laughs> could kill a few people. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Curry, I found a family having a picnic in a bunker. The kids had even made a sandcastle. Evan Whibley found the best man from the previous night's wedding asleep on his second tee. There's, there's an awful lot of people finding excrement, shall we say, in the holes. And someone found a daily record stamped golf ball in the first hole at Kiowa Island in South Carolina. A daily daily record? Now, there's a daily record stamped golf ball, and it's made it all the way over to South Carolina. When I was 17, the daily record done done a thing where they chose the best player from each sport within Scotland, and I think Andy Murray was one of them. I can't remember, there was a runner, there was a few different sports, I can't remember who, rugby player and all that. And they were doing this kind of promotion thing where, uh, at that time, 17, I'm I'm amateur, I'm playing Scottish boys and things like that, and they they were doing a promotion where they were going to fund like all my expenses to try and make me the best I could be. They were going to send me to Butch Harmon over the winter in Las Vegas. They were going to pay my family's groceries they were doing they were just doing like it was a ridiculous amount of support and it was something that was a huge relief for my parents at that time you know like it was like wow this is amazing yeah but it was seen too much within our sport as being a sponsorship as an amateur oh of course yeah and uh and can i get bounced through the sgu i actually they released an article, The Daily Record, and it looked, it was great. It was had, uh, and I'm sure Andy Murray had a big spread on it as well. He was coming through, and I got a letter within like 24 hours from the RNA saying, This can't happen again, otherwise you lose your amateur status. Really? Oof. It's it, changed now, hasn't it? Yeah. It's changed now. I don't know the exact details of it, but it, it, it got bounced around, and then The Daily Record were like, Just turn pro. I'm like I can't. I'm sitting. <laughs> just turn pro, Scott. I'm like I, I can't. I can't. No. Like I'm not ready. It doesn't work like I'm, that. I'm a mile. I, I'm no. still a million miles away from where I need to be, and it kind of got bounced around a bit. Golf Union didn't really know what to do with it, and then it ended up for me from from my end. It just kind of fell through because they weren't prepared for being able to deal with something like that, and it was it was a big that was a that was quite a bad opportunity or a big opportunity miss hard to lose it's funny because you're you're technically you're not putting that money in the bank no you somebody's no. giving you a service somebody's helping you Aye, with your up. development absolutely what's the difference between someone who has comes from a wealthy background yeah they get unlimited opportunities yeah very good point which happens with a lot of uh, well I don't know if it happens now but it happens with a lot of young golfers that come through that do come from 
wealthy families. It's just the nature of the sport. Yeah. So are you saying that was your ball at Kiowa? <laughs> <laughs> if it was in the left rough, then yeah, it probably was. <laughs> Some other great answers there. We've had washing machines showing up. There's a, a half-eaten salmon. They've actually included a picture of this headless salmon that's... Oh, that's oh, disgusting. I didn't really need to see that. But my absolute favourite was Richard McLean, an empty bottle of Drambuie and a pink thong in the trees next to the 18th green. A pink thong. That's tell you what. That's golfers for you, isn't that's class? That's genuine class. I mean, it's that's not white lightning. We treat our women well in golf. There's there's a dram beauty. There's a dram beauty, darling. That sounds like a good good bit of fun. I've had to. <laughs> sounds very very. Who lucky. drinks dram beauty? Like they they get the annual advert at Christmas time, but I don't believe anyone actually drinks that. Well, it's still in business, so clearly somebody drinks it. Yeah, true. But yes, yeah, I'm absolutely. Brilliant answers. Nitesh Patel, one snake swallowing another on the second fairway at Nakuru Golf Club in Kenya. No thanks. That, that is absolute nightmare fuel. For I, me, I've, I'm afraid. I've, uh, I remember playing in Australia and going to the bushes to 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 do a with a, a bottle of drambuie. <laughs> <laughs> not a with a think with a think thong, but not a bottle of drambuie. <laughs> um, going going to. Uh, to relieve myself to the toilet and I'm standing whizzing away and a snake slithers across from like literally like a yard away from me. No. no it just slithered across and I just totally froze and it just slithered into the into the bushes and I was like yeah. See, that's the thing because that was Australia you said. Yeah. Because you can sometimes get snakes on courses in the UK, I'm sure is there not a golf course near Glasgow's Leaving Aberfoyle has Aberfoyle. I, I was finding that Aberfoyle has snakes on one side of the road and not on the other they oh. don't cross the road <laughs> no joke is there a joke here? no there's not there's snakes on one side of the road and not on the other they do not cross the road there's a theory for it I have no idea if anyone's listening and understands why please let me know please let us know exactly but, but yeah, yeah. I mean that's the thing most snakes in the UK, adders accepted, they're not going to do you mischief. They'll just, they'll just annoy you, hurt you, or sting you. I'm not that afraid of snakes, to be honest. It's more spiders. Oh, you get those in Australia as well. And, and that, that, that's the thing that <laughs> just, that uh, just like because in Australia the animals literally hunt you. Yeah, that's the thing. They they chase after you. Yeah, it's uh, not like over here where they're running away from you. In Australia, they're actually after you. As soon as you step off the plane, they're like, right, get him. <laughs> the sharks are waiting. Ah, uh-huh. I'm over there. Fresh blood. Fresh blood. <laughs> So, yeah, you can see all of the, some brilliant uh, suggestions. And if you want, get in touch with us as well. You can slide into Bryce and I's DMs. Let us know the strangest thing you've ever found on a golf course. And that is just about it for this week's episode. Scott, again, thank you so much for, for, for coming in. I, I need to finish up. Just ask you one more thing. You're, you mentioned that it's getting towards the end of the season. Players fighting for their cards. You can see how competitive it is right this moment in time. What are you missing the most about being competitive on the tour? Is there anything that, that jumps out? I see what a lot of people don't realise is that the when you're on tour, it's uh, the competition doesn't just stop at the golf. You know what I mean? Like the, co- the competition is in every single aspect outside of the game as well. Like obviously, your number one priority is to be as good as you can and post the best results you can on the golf course. But the it's it's really, like, to try and give people an insight to what it's like, it's, the competition is everywhere. 
whether it be guys in the gym, guys in the clubhouse, um, you know, trying to be the big dog in the clubhouse, or you know, I've seen it's, it's because because the the gym side of golf has become so so ingrained in the game now. It's such an important part because everyone's hitting the ball miles now and blah blah blah. Like those guys in the gym with their shirts off and. What? <laughs> not, not <laughs> I do that as well. <laughs> you know, it's it's a real uh, macho environment, and I know for golf as a sport, people don't really tie that in with golf. But the competition's everywhere. The competition is in the clubhouse, where if you're playing at an event and girls are hanging around, it's the competition is who's getting the most attention off the girls for certain guys. And it, it never ends. Like there's 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 a total uh, environment there where that's just the ultimate one upmanship and you get your alpha males, you get your sheep and just because a guy is doing well within the golf side of things doesn't mean he can't have any insecurities outside of that. And it's just it fascinates me. The whole game is has got loads of different games around about it and it's so hard for I guess people who have never experienced that to to kind of to kind of see it that way like the competition never ever stops like I, I know for a fact that if if I'm in the gym there'll be two or three 24 25 year olds trying to like outdo one another out, well outdo me and outdo each other I know, like it's just it's it's hard it's hard to kind of truly get get my point across here because basically, and when you leave your hotel room, to the point you leave your hotel room, to the point you go back into your hotel room, everything's a competition. I've had guys on the tour who have maybe give your missus a wee wink, or you know, like the competition's endless. That's what I mean. It's like. It never, never ends, and but I love that about it. That's what you're missing most. I, <laughs> I miss the whole competing for every inch. It's 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 a really if you're not up to it, if you've got a crack in any part of your being, you'll get trampled on. Like really, that is how ruthless it is. And when you go, you notice the difference going from the third level tours when you jump up to the challenge tour. It's a big shock. Mm. When you go up to obviously the highest level I've played, that's the European Tour, um, and you notice it even more on that. If you've got a little crack in your personality, someone will try and expose it, and it's but it's it's totally awesome. Like you're living, you're you're absolutely living the dream. You're fighting for competition at every corner. You're traveling through some of the best cities in Europe, um, and it is it is truly living the dream. Sounds pretty good to me. And that's exactly where you want to get back to. So fingers crossed you get that. I'm sure you will. Like you, you're you're too talented and you're too committed and you want it too badly to, to not get there. So on behalf of Bryce and I, and I'm sure everyone listening, including our, our loyal subjects in Ghana, then yeah. best of luck. <laughs> and we hope to see you back out there again soon. And thank you for coming in and for, for joining us here. Mr. Ritchie, thank you, thank you to you for your time. My pleasure. Ever, and to Callaway for their continued support. We'll be back again this time next week. Until then, thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye for now.